Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this morning. We pray for grace and the anointing to understand your word. In the name of Jesus. Let's talk about spiritual experiences and growth. You know, some people don't know why they are being harassed by the devil. And yet today I stand to present to you that one of the reasons why the devil harasses you or harasses anyone is because you are void of God. You know, when we talk about spiritual growth, some people feel unconcerned. They felt that it is not the spiritually... I mean, that it is a subject to the spiritually inclined. Although some serious brothers, some some serious sisters in the church. You know, you begin to take the subject of spirituality. I mean, concept of spirituality. It's very serious. When you realize that, God is not calling you to just be spiritual. You are a spirit. So when we talk about spirituality or being spiritual, we are just trying to speak to let you be conscious of your identity to introduce you to you because the you is not the you you know the you is the spirit and until you de- develop that spirit hey hey there's a future catastrophe even right now you, you won't find meaning so the subject of spiritual growth is not just the subject that is Peculiar to some people who are crazy or some people who are crazy for God. Some people who who, 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 who will think are called to ministry or called to preach. It is a call to everyone to develop a spirit because we are spirit beings. Everybody is meant to grow. More than a church, you've got to know God personally. You know, some people, they just go to the church, listen to the pastors, pay the offering, listen to the, uh, to, to, to the announcement, and then they are just not concerned. They fed after all the, the pray in the morning, five minutes prayer, but they have not actually taken the things of God very seriously. Hmm. Why is your life so cold? Why is it so indifferent? So indifferent. You see, nobody becomes spiritual from heaven. Nobody becomes a lover of God from heaven. In fact, the Bible places everyone sorry, under the same condition. Nobody sought God. Nobody does good. No, not one. Okay, let me show you that scriptures in Romans. It's one of my favorite scriptures, though. Romans about three. Yeah, we've got to see it. Verse 9. What well, then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we are previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is no righteous, no not one. There is no one understand. There is no one who seek after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become profitable. There is no one who does good, no not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongue they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their leaves. 
whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are switched to shed blood. Destruction and mystery are in their ways, and the ways of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the Lord says, He says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and that and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in the sight. But by for by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the context of the scripture, this scripture is talking about how the law of Moses cannot make anyone to attain God's righteousness. But I want us to pick it to apply it to where what we are discussing here. That nobody became spiritual from heaven. It was here that that desire started and we flamed it. Hmm? In fact, the scripture command that we should find God. You see, those on fire today are on fire because they entered, they, they, sorry, they encountered God at some point in their life. You see, having an encounter with God simply means sighting God for the first time. Coming to Horeb, where Moses met God. Making your being to evolve towards God. You see, God's house has been, sorry, God's eyes had been on you for a while. The day you sight him, or that day your affections evolves towards him, that very day all of heavens are a party. That is to tell you how important you are. Somebody claimed, oh, I have heard of this stuff before and somebody has told me about something like this before that we need to pursue god and i responded i love god i pursued him nobody can just be holy i have tried my best i wanted to be holy but nobody can just be holy besides each time i turn to the lord more evil happens to me i, I make more errors and things go from bad to worse for me because i love god how can god so love you and give jesus christ for you and in bit of trying to find in that love things will go from bad to worse no, you should listen to yourself. Is that logical? And even if it's logical, that's a phenomenon. Now, imagine a student saying something like this. And the teacher is looking at me. I am I'm 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 going to go to school, but I don't want to see my teacher come to class. I don't like going going to school except if my teacher will not come that day. And even if I go to school, I don't like doing my assignment. I don't even like reading. You wonder what kind of student he is. That is what so many people are doing. They don't want anything to touch their life. They don't want to be pressurized. And whenever such pressures come, they put the blame on God. They felt the problem was because they turned to God. That thought is the devil's idea. It's a trap to keep you back from God. Is to deceive you and hold you down forever. And if you don't find your way out of that demonic notion that it is God that is causing you problem because you come to Him, you may soon be an atheist. I'm telling you. Even people without faith out there face problems. They face challenges. Even after time, I will show you from the book of. 
I think first Peter chapter, second Peter chapter three or so. Now I've had my own bad times too. But God becomes God, whether in the good times or bad times. The end result is that He wants to have us and we must give our whole self to Him. My things have been lost. I've seen my, 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 my beloved one sick and in pains and afraid and some they didn't get healed. Immediately. First time look at Moses when uh, a sister, elder sister Miriam, was struck with leprosy. Moses felt painful and pleaded with God. God said, no, I will not take it. Let us stay. For seven days. Do you think Moses will be happy seeing a elder sister in pain and isolation for seven days? Despite his intimacy. The Bible said nobody spoke mouth to mouth with God like Moses did. And despite such kind of intimacy, God will not do certain things. The fact is that your problem is not caused by God. In fact, God wants to solve your problem. He won't cause it. So the thought that God allows your misfortune or problem is another um, indication that he he, 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 he had you in mind. And it's another indication that uh, besides that he had us in mind that you don't even know God. Because if you have known God, you would have known that that problem is not God's cause. You see, the more things become difficult for you, the more you evolve towards God. It is time to wake up. This high time you see God, despite whatever challenges you are going through. You will never know God if you don't decide to know Him. No one can know God for you. You have got the lamp by yourself. Your spiritual lamp, sorry, your spiritual life is the lamp. Christ the Father comes upon it. The Holy Spirit is the oil. Anyone who refuses God remains in darkness. In today's world, we complain when power is interrupted for a long time. In fact, some have alternatives. The power generator. But how dark is your spiritual state now? So dark that God is so close to you. Trying to Put you on earth, yet you accuse him. You've got to think your life. Now I must address those who are unaffectionate for God. Now. They are just cold and boring. Are not desirous of God. You see, your destiny in life is determined by your spiritual alertness. Spiritual growth begins not because you go to church or you read your Bible. It begins with a test for the living God. How does this experience begin? In the closet. You see, prayer takes you out of religion and makes God so real to you. As you pray, God manifests himself. It comes on display. You see, you know your mobile phone. Your mobile phone is useless, however fancy it is, however costly it is. If you switch it off, no matter how badly somebody out there is trying to get across to you, if that phone is switched off, you can't. It can't reach you. So that is what it meant when 
You don't turn to God. You are dead. You can't receive information. In fact, if there is something that will kill you in front of you, it will take mercy and love for you to escape it. Because you can't see God. You see, it is time to seek the Lord, friend. This coldness of your soul is enough. It is high time to burn for God. But you, can you burn for God except you are set on fire? You need God's fire to come over you and that fire will come when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You know some people have prayed for ages. The prayer they repeated prayed in India years ago as a missionary. Lord, set me on fire and let people come and watch me burn. Friend, that prayer has been answered. Even for you. I want to show you how God sets you on fire. Jesus cried. Soloqual, uh, expressing soliloquy. Said that I wish the whole world is engulfed by fire. And it was not just a wish. He told us it had started already. How do we become set on fire? But by the Holy Ghost. How is the fire of the Holy Ghost in flame? Without prayer. Without the word. Sometimes without meditation. Without fasting. You see, God's fire was kindled to you the day you gave your life to Christ. It was ignited. But as you yield it to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost begins to flame it. It is the Holy Ghost who sets on fire. He is the one who keeps us ablaze. He is the one who lays hand upon us. But now let's ask, why is a Christian set on on fire. Why are you set on fire? One. God himself is fire. Hebrews chapter 12, the last verse, gave us the metaphorical description of God. Your God is a consuming fire. And if God is a consuming fire, we are as he is. God is the spirit, so we are. We take after the image of him who made us. Now we become what he is because that is what he is. Like I said earlier, the picture in Exodus chapter 3 is a perfect picture. That was not just there to show us Moses' experience with God. That is the beginning of yours too. We saw a bush on fire in the wilderness that should automatically be set ablaze. And when it is set ablaze, you burn down. But now, we saw a, 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 a bush by miracle available other bush are dried but god i believe would have caused this to grow and he preserved it by the fire just like he caused a tree to grow to to, to teach jonah a lesson he caused that bush perhaps to be preserved or he caused it to grow to attract the attention of moses and not just that he caused it to grow he put fire on it And that is telling us how God does his work. He sets us on fire to bring others to him. And again, he wants us to know that except he set us on fire, we can't be ignited. 
Another thing we have to note about that bush in Exodus, in that wilderness, is that when the fire came upon him, hmm, he was not consumed. So why are some people even afraid of God's fire? As though when it comes upon them, it's going, it's going to kill them. It makes you better. It was Chasfini on his horse that screamed, Lord, was it Chasfini or Jonathan Edwards? I think you know that Edwards, either of the two. He said, God, please restrain this fire, restrain this, restrain this outpour, else I die. God poured out like a torrent, like a wave of fire. He spun on him and said, God, you had better with two, though I die. But bless God, the presence of God had never killed anybody. It only makes better. I saw a video of a ministry sometimes ago. A, a, a lady was jacking. She was jacking as though she, she was an imbecile. The people were, were worshipping. And after the whole thing, the, the mic was given to her. And then she passed the message. And then they asked her, why is she jacking like this? It's the presence of God. And the Lord told them, most times when it comes, I don't know how to, I don't know how to. It's not about whether you like the manifestation or not. You can't predict how God works. He said the lack is that it's not feeling pressure. It's just that the power of God is so intense that it's causing him to vibrate. She was at peace. He's laughing. And she's blessing God. So when the hand of God comes over, it's not to kill you, it's to make you. Hallelujah. God is to sit over us. And we want to walk with God except we desire Him so much. Except we are deliberate and we are decisive. You see, when God comes to reveal Himself to us, He has not come to reveal Himself because He wants to exalt us. When God puts His fire on us, it's not because He wants us. Mm, to to have a better income or to make our um, expenses larger. He wants to bring us to himself so that others through us can come to himself. So now let's look at how the fire of the Holy Ghost is preserved. We preserve it by prayer. Some people have the opinion that when the power of God comes over them, and that is all. Some are even so desirous of God. They say they are looking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and their ideology is that they, when they become filled with the Holy Ghost, eh, that will be all. It's a lie. Yo. It's a lie. God is an institution we never graduate from. We will pray till we die, we will fast till we die. It, 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 is, it is not actually what brings us into God, but it's a way of trying to, to let go of the things of, of, of those so we can keep our attention on Him, like Colossians chapter 3 said. So, how do we preserve the presence of God? How do we stay attuned? Number one, we have to learn to worship God consistently. And there are different ways you can do this. Sometimes listening to songs. You know, sometimes when we want to walk with God, it starts on a dry note. 
You don't feel like doing the song. You don't feel like praying. But you just have to do it nevertheless. It's not about your feelings. It's about the reality. You know, I have learned that I should stand more in my closet seeking God when I less feel like than when I felt. There are times I stay put for hours on my news. But sometimes doing that is just to subject your flesh. Is to, to, to make it a living sacrifice. There is something crying on the inside of me. I felt like leaving that place. But I just have to stay. That's where I get my life. Apostle Paul, in virtually all his letters, you see him writing something like, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our life. That is the place where strength is received. When the news is burnt. I read a book years ago. The author is anonymous. The kneeling Christian. We've got to kneel down. Not for the fun of it. The average believer of today does not know anything about kneeling down. But when they see their church leader kneels on the altar, they go. But ask them, do they kneel at home? No, they don't. If one of the easiest way. We can keep the anointing flowing. Is to stay in the atmosphere of worship. That is done in church, but you have to learn to cultivate that personally. Get a device that can play music into your ear or that can saturate the environment. Make it conducive for you to assess. Even when you stay quietly there in that environment, your mind is open to receive. We went for an actress sometimes ago. We were talking with a young lady. And as we got talking after the whole thing, she asked a question. She said, how can I pray? And I taught him how I learned to pray. I learned to pray by worshipping. But I tell you, worship itself is, is both, especially when there's no instrumentation and then the whole thing is dry. But I tell you, brother, if you do it for the next 13 minutes, your spirit will be hopeful. In fact, in my experience with God, one thing I've learned is that real devotion begins after one hour. My, my energy to pray, my desire to stay the more the closer begins after I've spent one hour. The first one hour, I, I stay there, I'm just trying to, to connect. After one hour, there will be something like a steering on the inside. The reason why we have not seen how easy it is to pursue God is because we have not stayed long enough with God in the closet. So number one is consistent worship. Number two is consistent prayer life. I like what Barbario Ogun said in one of his messages I listened to years ago. He said it is better off you pray 15 minutes daily than to pray three hours on a particular day and for the next six days of the week you never prayed. That reminds me right away one quote I read sometimes ago about prayer. I've forgotten the person who said the quote, but I quote it. He says, One week without prayer makes a Christian weak. 
a week without prayer makes a Christian weak. In fact, one week is too much. What would you what would you be doing for one week and you won't pray? Yes, I understand the fact that uh, 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 your work is tedious. You know what I've learned? You know sometimes what does not make us to seek God the prayer is not because our work is ethical, because we have been very busy at work. It's because our senses is not awake. I have found out that those days when God begins a work in you, maybe you've been waiting on God in prayers, and despite the fact that your day was ethic, you were so engrossed in work, and you work laboriously, and when you go to him, you were so tired, you were pain, there are pains in your joint. I've seen that in such cases, when the power of God is rest is on you, you will be weak in the body, but your spirit will be alive. There are times without number I've been in bed. My body is weak. I feel like sleeping, but my spirit is too alert. And that's why I know that we will not sleep in heaven. There are times my body is weak, but because of the spiritual energy I carried on the inside, I can't just find sleep. Then I will pray with God and God, please. Huh. You have not so learned Christ. We need to learn of Christ. We need to work with Christ. This Jesus is real. And as a matter of fact, God needs to sit over us and overwhelm us with his presence. And he does that in the place of prayer. You know, I've taught people the best way to pray is not just trying to pray for 30 minutes at a go, one hour at a go. At least to start with. There are some of us that can pray three hours, four hours at a go. Or sometimes an hour at a go. We didn't get there in a day. Sometimes we pray the more, the more we press into God. And when you, that's what you have to know. When you are becoming unhealthy spiritually, your appetite for prayer begins to go down. Even when you want to pray, you stay there, you are nervous. You open the scriptures and it's not open to you. There are signs of spiritual dangers. They, 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 they give you the need to, to, to start fasting. As a matter of fact, like Edward Bound said, I affirm that no man is greater and can be greater than his prayer and study life. Okay, now number three, singing hymns. Thank God for modern musicians with their powerful lyrics. Jesus music, or what is it called? Or Jesus culture. I think Jesus culture. The Brooklyn Choir. Ear songs. And some wonderful individuals who are doing powerful anointed songs. But be wise, friend, never put your him aside. If I sometimes coming around him and reflect the lyrics of the hymns can inflame me. I don't know which of the chapters of the book of EW2s I read about how to keep the fire floating. Sometimes ago I've forgotten. I wish I can lay my hands on it. Dr. Toza too confirms that when we, when we sing hymns, the day before Christ is going to die, the Bible told us that he sang him. That should be in Matthew chapter 26 or 27. 
Another thing is meditation or poems. You don't read it out, you just look at the words. And you see them in your mind. The next one is the study of God's word. The son of Kineteki, Kineteki Jr. said that today, something he noted about his father when he was a little boy, that his father is always on the dining study. To him, it was as though his father and the dining were glued together. Little one Adama became a global figure. Not just a global figure. He didn't just make a noise. He moved people into the supernatural. He was a product of studio, or of being studios. One leading minister of God said sometimes ago, even in his old age, he went visiting him. He said when he got to his office, he saw him reading books. And he asked him, Papa, you are still reading with all these great books you've written for us? He told him, I keep after by reading. So you've got to study. Read God's word. Read other Christian materials that can, that can grow you. That's how you keep afloat. Sing spiritual songs. And we songs are not spiritual. All songs are spiritual. But when we say spiritual songs, we talk about chanting in the spirit. And sometimes I don't, I don't want to bring personal opinion. I want God to deal with you. So I won't show you all the time. But I can even tell you some other things. We won't enter it. And then the God himself opens your eyes to see them. You don't chant because everybody's chanting. You know, there was a particular time when young ministers were coming up and they told us that uh, music is the language of the Spirit. When you chant, it's provoked the Holy Ghost. And they chant. You see every young people chanting. When they come to church now, they, they never sing lyrics to God. They just keep chanting, hey, who, and... It's not bad. It brings the presence available. But don't do things because it is invoked. Do it because God inspires you to do there are times I'm on the pulpit that I can just pick any song. I would not pick song. I would just wait on the Lord, on the Lord giving song. And when that song comes, it becomes a force. But I might have just felt like picking a song. There are times you just want to. How we need to learn the ways of the Spirit. So there are times you also learn to stay quietly in the presence of God. It's called the practice of the presence. So that reminds me of one of the works I did some years back. I tell you the practice of the presence. Staying there at the presence, quietly before the Lord. Read, in fact, there's an habit I'm, 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 I'm cultivating these days. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying this is how you can cultivate it. I read my scriptures on my news. I pen my thoughts on my news. I write my the books the Lord or anything the Lord is telling me to do on my news. It shows reverence. It shows a posture to receive more. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 13, we saw Christ, we let the audience who came to listen to him go. Even his disciples, he had to discharge him so that he can withdraw to the place of prayer and pray. The ministry was not so important to him that he would, he would, he would, he would um, attend to people in the place of prayer. Ian Bourne said that it's good you allow work to go by default and prayer to go by default. And in that chapter 6, we saw the apostles too. There was problems, the church had increased. 
thousands of them were on their neck. And they were demands here and there. And they saw that this will provide them an opportunity to run away from duty. Which is to study the word of God and to pray. And do you know what they did? They appointed men filled with the Holy Ghost to do the many so that they can give attention to prayer at the word. You see, anything that takes your attention off the word of God and prayer and worship lifestyle will kill your spiritual life. Although you will not go to hell, but you will not grow. You will be able to exact your influence, your authority, the authority Christ has placed you and you won't be able. You won't be able to take your position as a special agent of God, as God's ambassador. You won't be able to work effectively as, as God's co-laborer. The goal of the Christian faith is devotion. The longer you stay in the closer, the better. The more intimacy, the more spiritual sensitive you grow. The more things you dare for God, and the more the word and his things fade away. The less the devil and his things has impact. You know, I've discovered that the more you drive towards God, the less things of the world bothers you. When we become the focus of any of the moves God is giving to us, the spiritual energy that drives, that causes that move, we die. So one of the reasons why God is calling men to the closest is because he wants to empty them of themselves so that they can seek him. You want to bring to that place where you can seek him. You want to bring you to the place where Apostle Paul came when he wrote, it is no longer high, it's but, but, but Christ. When Christ became the Lord, when Christ became the center. And in the fullness, when we become the focus and what God is trying to do is cut short or stops, the fall may begin. We may still keep gathering, but the law will not be there. Jesus Christ gave us a condition. To know whether it's in a place. Say, where two or three people are gathered in my name. When the meeting is actually called to seek me, not to seek things. Say, there will be in there. I will be with them. Ozino Malachi, chapter 3, that said, brethren, came together and they read the book and the book of remembrance was open to them. Actually, that prophecy talks about brethren coming to reflect on what God had done to the earlier generation. But as they were doing that, there was a connection. God released something to them. You see, when we stand the closest, we assess more grace and more presence. And look, we've got to understand the purpose of this. Grace and power. You know, I've heard slangs among the new creature. 
I am a, I am a grace creature. I'm a grace being. I don't understand what they mean by grace being. No? But maybe they are trying to speak of the atoning work of Christ that Christ has brought them. You know, God did not try to make us irresponsible by making Christ to do all for us. And that was why he gave us salvation, what Christ did for us. So Teria, bringing us to himself and seeking us and giving us security. But when he brought us to himself, there is a purpose. He put a responsibility into our hands. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 and 17. Though we have no Christ according to the flesh, now we know him no longer. But if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. All things have become Everything has, all things are passed away, all things are becoming. Then they went to say, all things now become of God. And why did they become of God? God gave, when it becomes of God, then God gave us a responsibility. Who has given us the ministry of reconciliation? So why did Christ do all for us? He did all for us so that by the time God begins his work in us, that by then he begins to work out that which he had done already out of us will be an agent to bring men to himself. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Now, let me quickly address this issue and we round off. How do we maintain a consistent work with God in the heat of the day during our busy hours? You know, sometimes there are, we are so busy, we have a lot of things to do, we are so confused, we are so engrossed. How do you know there are some of us that our job demands that as we are working, we can still be praying in tongues? But for an accountant, that is not obtainable. Or somebody that works with figure or that works on the computer. Except we take a break off to do some little prayers. You can't do that on the job, else we make a great error. So how do we maintain a work with God while we are so busy? Number one is that we've got to ask the Holy Ghost to help us. He has got to open our eyes to, 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 to spiritual things. We have got to seek for a quiet place. Somebody say, how do I seek that quiet place? Mm then it will mean that at least once or twice a week you have to fast too. So one of the benefits of fasting is because I don't fast because I want to receive anything from God. If there's anything I've learned about fasting, it is that it, it positions my spirit and, and makes it more sensitive, makes it more, more, more receptive of God. In fact, spirit keeps my spirit, uh, fasting keeps my spirit awake such that even when I'm tired in the body, it creates this hunger and this appetite and renews my strength. And you know that delaying food too helps to boost your spiritual life. Hmm. If you are the type of a person that you are always eating, you can't play with your stomach, you won't grow. There are times you have to take food away. So how do you grow when you are very busy? I will say two things. Ask for grace and wisdom. To keep in touch with God in the heat of the day. 
like we saw Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. In the heat of the day, he sat. Perhaps expecting an affair of those angels. In men form came and gave him the intention of God for the hour, both for himself and for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. We've got to be sensitive. And what keeps all being sensitive is number one, is your time alone with God. Number two is worship. What if you are busy within the time from your home to your workplace? Can you get an audio Bible and listen to it? All that has its own disadvantage. You will be able to listen to a lot of verses. But then if care is not taken, you won't be able to hold much thought. But at least even if you have to listen to read it and keep your mind refreshing. And sometimes as you begin to read, you see, you, you, you listen to portions that stimulate you and that will compel you to want to search to find out. Create an atmosphere that will, that, that will expose you to hunger, that will make you vulnerable to seeking God. Fill your iPad with audio Bible. Fill it up with spiritual songs. Fill it up with messages. Make the most of your break time. Where some of you want to ease yourself during the break time and you want to ease and before you do, ease yourself and before you do that, the time is over. And that's why you have to fast. I know there's a kind of fast that brings spiritual energy. I call it Lent fasting. And that doesn't mean that fasting for this it's just not breaking early. Maybe you don't break until late at night. But you break late at night. After eating, you may be tired to sleep. But I tell you, you will wake in the middle of the night. And there are some people, the Holy Ghost have been waking them all day. But when they wake, they just look. The next day, they turn to their phone, pick it, and check who has sent them some messages on the social media. Let us be wise. Let us be circumspect. So start finding time to always stay alone, to always think, to always read devotionals, to think on Christ and to meditate on Him. You always inflame our spiritual work. It's a way of inflaming our fire. So vocalization too is, helps our spiritual life to grow. All this combined is what we call practicing God. It is not church life. You know, what we do in church is that church is like a school where we are trained. And when the knowledge is got, we go out there to practice it. Let's start off with the scriptures as we pray. And the prayer we are going to pray is that God, we are waking our spirit once again. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. That God will put his fire like never before. That all those things that are so or that are always occupying our time, even good friends, why is it that it's always when you want to pray your friends will come lucky? And that's why you have to have a, that's why I like one, 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 one person I know too well. He prays at night. When nobody can disturb him. Now, I've, you know, I've seen married people who were once on fire for God, once they married and they, they started having children, they find it very difficult to pray. Go and ask Susanna Wesley. She had 19 children. And she always locked them out to pray. For this and our idea. 
There is no time without showing from scriptures how busy Jesus Christ was. But he will never be busy that will not spend time to pray. In fact, sometimes he will even let the disciples go. He will tell them to leave him alone. You can't grow without prayer. Prayer is very essential. Go and read Edward Bond's books on prayer. There is nothing I want to tell you more than the good ones I'd received from the Lord about prayer tools. You see, God's great work depends on prayer. Prayer permits God to work. Prayer unfolds the intention of God. Hmm. It becomes a machinery through which the will of God is done. And when prayer stops, God is handicapped. So, in the scheme of things, in the mechanisms of God's operation, prayer is very vital. May God make us men of prayer. May He create on the inside of us a desire that will not be satisfied with anything but to seek God in all. May the flame of God ever rest upon our soul. Let's read. Romans chapter 13. That's where we are going to round it off. Then we'll spend time praying. Chapter 13, I'm going to read from verse 11. And do this knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, not in leadness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill his lust. From this simple scripture, five things stood out. Number one. It is high time we wake out of sleep. It is time for revival. Number two, that time is so urgent. Our salvation. It's not talking about the salvation we receive in Christ. Salvation means that it's talking about, as, 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 as it's meant in that context, it, it's talking about the coming of Christ. Rapture. That's the end time. That the transition time, time to run with Christ is up. Reminding them of the fact that they have grown. They will soon face out of life. But now that may not be your own concern. But we can say that our salvation, that which God wants to deliver into our hands, is due. You've been asking God for a revival. You've been asking God for an open door. That thing is due. It's time to pray for it. God said that the Israelites will spend 70 years in captivity. When Daniel discovered that prophecy, he didn't just sit down there. Picking his teeth, he prayed. God told Elijah, I'm going to send rain. Elijah, Elijah started praying for. There is nothing that God will tell you we do for you. If you don't pray for it, you will never see it. Hallelujah. Another thing, they have to cut out the works of that. We have to leave some things behind. Take away weights and things that easily be. That, 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 that easily ensnare us, that beset us, that is so close to us, so attached to us. What are those that are so attached to us that cannot make us to desire God? Is it your children? Is it your work? They so beset you. 
They will not let you see. They will not let you pursue your body. They will not let God inflame the fire that is on the inside of you. It's that time let them go. It's that time lock them out. And seek the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 says, The Lord you seek will suddenly appear. But it will not suddenly appear until today. If you read the first statement in that verse 1, it said, He will send this messenger. He will prepare. There must be a preparation of the way before there is an encounter. There are people who are wishing to know God, but they are not ready to kneel down. You are playing, you know, you will wish to you leave this world. Another thing we see is that we have God. To be disciplined. Verse 13 says, let us work properly. Orderliness. Self-coordination. There is a word I'm trying to call up. The Holy Ghost, please help me. We've got to be organized. We've got to align ourselves. To work properly. To maintain an order. To carry a right perspective of God's purpose. To carry God's Yearnings to understand what God is trying to do with the fire has placed in you or with the passion is flaming up in you. And we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. How do you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Galatians chapter 5 explains walk in the spirit. Romans chapter 8, we are indebted to live in the spirit. So I've got to have the Holy Ghost to help you to walk with him. Ask the Holy Ghost to breathe upon you. Ask him. Ask him to flame up the fire. Ask him to put a zeal on the inside. Lord Jesus, we seek you. Lord Jesus, we seek you. Lord Jesus, we seek you. We want to know you as you are. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I will thank you because of this time. You have opened our eyes. You have caused us to see that there is a need to be hungry for you. That there is a need to pant after you. Lord Jesus, we pray you kindle the flame. That the Holy Ghost will flame the passion that has already started. And that our eyes are enlightened to see the purpose of this passion. That will come to bring men to the knowledge of Christ. That will be comfortful to the whole earth is affected by the life that is placed in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.